When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh man, this was a big episode and the season finale to Mandalorian Season 1. So we got a lot to cover in this episode. I hope you're ready for this breakdown video. So let's get started. Now, not only do we learn the backstory of the different heroes in this entire season, we get to learn the Mando's name as well. And we also get to see his face, along with some really massive spoilers at the end. So the episode starts off with the scout troopers who come to a stop as they await new orders. As we know, they killed Quillick in the last episode. While we wait, they take out their blasters and try to shoot a target near them on the ground, where they both repetitively miss. This is a nod to how everyone knows that stormtroopers just suck at aiming. After waiting a while, they check to see if Baby Yoda is alive, and when they do, he bites their finger as they punch Yoda in the face. And now at this point, I hoped something bad would really happen to these guys, and I'm sure you're all with me there. So these two here remind me of Tag and Bink, because they just kind of seem like they ruin everything. They're just like, you know, two jokesters, comedic relief almost. Now sure enough, IG-11 shows up and claims to be the child's nurse droid. He walks up to them and breaks one's arm while smashing the other repetitively into his speeder. It was a really cool scene. He gets on his bike and blasts off. The child is saved. Now here's where it gets interesting. Moff Gideon has them all surrounded. As he speaks to them by each of their names and past lives, he lands on the Mando, finally revealing his name. He says, Perhaps the decommissioned Mando hunter, Din Djarin, who has heard the songs of Siege of Mandalore when gunships outfitted with similar ordnance, laid waste to fields of Mandalorian recruits in the Night of a Thousand Tears. Now, the siege hasn't been explained all that much in canon. Ahsoka tried to take out Maul, who ran Mandalore after taking it from Pre Vizsla. We'll be seeing more of this in the upcoming season of The Clone Wars, I'm hoping. And on top of this, Order 66 took place somewhere in the middle of the siege where the Empire ended up taking power. They then reveal the E-Web gun. Now, this gun was first seen in The Empire Strikes Back. We just see a stormtrooper basically wielding it. The Moff himself is revealed to be an ISB officer during the Purge. This stands for Imperial Security Bureau. Basically, this means he's a really bad and powerful guy. He was one of the Emperor's agents, and he was kind of like a double-O agent. Extremely skilled as a spy, informant, torture specialist, and overall was an exemplary officer of Imperial ranks, who showed signs of turning against the Empire, so he was looking out for guys who were going rogue. He reveals Cara Dune's full name, which is pretty much the same, Cara Cynthia Dune, as well as that she's from Alderaan, which makes sense why she wants revenge so badly against the Empire for blowing up her home planet. The Mando says that he hasn't heard that name since he was a child when Moff Gideon calls him by his name. Grief Karga says, but you are from Mandalore. And the Mando, Din, says no, I'm not. Kara says, Mandalorians aren't a race, 
they're a creed. Which is true, Mandalorians could be any species, they could be Rodian or whatever you want, really. It's their creed and code of honor that makes them one, which I really like more than defining clans by their race. We finally see the full flashback of the Mando when he was a little boy, and how the super battle droids during the Clone Wars were just wreaking havoc on his home village, killing everyone in sight, including his parents. When he's about to be slaughtered by a B2 super battle droid, the clanker raises its wrist at him and then gets shot in the head, falling over. As a Mando walks into the frame to take its place and outstretches his hand, he takes Din and flies away with his jetpack, as other Mandos fly in and save the day against the droids. Now what's also cool about this is that the clankers were basically the droids always accompanying Count Dooku. So it's just kind of interesting that he even has a little bit of tie-in here. As IG-11 races towards the compound where the heroes are trapped, he single-handedly takes out all the stormtroopers guarding the place. IG is a really cool war droid, and I'm glad he gets so much screen time in this final episode. He allows an opening for the heroes to shoot at the Imperials as they start to make a large dent in the squads, when finally they're outnumbered, as Moff Gideon shoots the Mando in the head and he starts to bleed heavily. They seek refuge back in the bunker they've fortified when Moff Gideon orders a flame trooper to burn them out. As the Mando is dying, the trooper walks in to blast the place to flames and death, where Baby Yoda rises to save the day as he raises his hands and controls the fire, putting up a wall with the force and flicking the flames back at the trooper, killing him. The crew escapes and the Mando says it's his time to die and to leave him there, to take the child with them. They do so, and he's left with IG-11, who finally convinces the Mando to remove his helmet, seeing as how IG-11 isn't a living thing and just a droid, so it shouldn't go against the Mando's code of never being able to remove his helmet in front of a living being. So IG does this, and we finally see the face of Din Djarin, Pedro Pascal himself. IG sprays his head with a Bacta spray, which is just a spray form of the healing fluid that Vader takes baths in, and the same fluid that healed Luke in Empire Strikes Back after the Wampa incident. As IG and the Mando catch up with the team, they head into the enclave of the Mandalorians where they finally see the Mando blacksmith from the first few episodes who made the Mando's armor from the Beskar. She says some of the Mandos fled, some survived, while others possibly died showing all of their armor and helmets. She asks about the child, and inquires if this is the one who saved him from the Mudhorn. She tells the Mando of the stories of the Jedi and how their kind were enemies of Mandalore. However, this one is no enemy. It's a foundling, just like he was. She says he must find its family and reunite it with them, for it is too weak to be trained as a Mandalorian, and would die. This is the way. The Mando argues, and they go back and forth, but then realizes that, yeah, this is the way. And so herein lies where season two will go, reuniting baby Yoda with the other Yodas like him. We'll finally get to learn the backstory of Yoda's species and their Force powers, which is really awesome. She gives him a signet finally on his right arm, saying, you are a clan of two, as we see the skeleton of a mudhorn, symbolizing the fact that they both came together to take it down. Now baby Yoda is basically with the Mando for life until he's delivered claiming the Mando is pretty much his father until the job is done. She gives the Mando one last gift, the jetpack. Finally, our Mando is now equipped like Boba himself. As they leave her there, she awaits the stormtroopers who come in and question her, tapping her helmet when she just goes insane with her axe and hammer, smashing their helmets to pieces, which was a really cool scene. As the heroes come to their next destination, they get to the Lava River Bank, where they hop on the floating raft, which is being driven by a modified R2 unit with massive arms and legs, who's just rowing the boat. 
As they near the entrance, the Mando uses his thermal vision to see a massive amount of stormtroopers outside the entrance, waiting to ambush them. IG-11 knows what must be done. He gets ready to self-destruct to save the child and the crew, claiming that there is no option where he lives and the child lives, so this is what must be done. This is when the Mando finally gets really sad, and we see his hatred for droids has changed, finally after so many years of loathing them for what they did to his family in the Clone Wars, his thinking has now been altered. Trying to save IG-11's life by convincing him otherwise, he knows that there is no other option. IG-11 walks through the lava and heroically self-destructs, saving them all. As they leave the cave, Moff Gideon's TIE flies around shooting at them, when the Mando uses his jetpack to blast over the Moff, shooting his grappling hook onto the TIE and planting a bomb after some struggling and spins. The TIE's wing explodes and goes down in a smoky blaze far away. The Mando has saved the day. He lands back down to Kara, Grief, and the child, telling them that he must go his own way to reunite the child with its family of Jedi or Force-sensitives or whoever they are, Kara and Grief walk into the horizon as the Razor Crest blasts up into the sky. The scene pans over to Moff's TIE Fighter, where we see Jawas, who I guess are native to the planet of Navarro, as well as Tatooine, trying to steal parts from the TIE. This is when we see something emerge from the front of it, as a Darksaber cuts its way through, kicking down the door he just made. Moff Gideon stands atop his destroyed TIE Fighter, his cape billowing in the wind, villainously, as the Darksaber shines in his grasp. End of Mandalorian Season 1. Now, the Darksaber. This is the ceremonial weapon of the leader of the planet Mandalore. It was built by Mandalorians in ancient times, or actually one Mandalorian, and it was most recently seen in the hands of Bo-Katan. Now, it has fallen in the hands of many others who overtook Mandalore in its time, such as even Darth Maul. It belongs to Mandalorians, so the fact that Moff Gideon has it is a mystery open only to theories. Now, something really cool about the Darksaber is that it was actually used to try and kill Darth Sidious by Darth Maul himself. When Sidious killed his brother Savage in a very, very cool duel in Star Wars Clone Wars, we got to see the Darksaber go up against the Sith Lord, Emperor Palpatine himself. Now, of course, Maul lost, and the Darksaber was lost in the wreckage of the fight. However, it was salvaged and given back to Maul eventually. Then we get to see it in Rebels and all that again. Last seen in the hands of Bo-Katan. Now, I think Season 2 is going to be all about the Jedi. Now, I could be wrong, but I really feel like this is sort of a foreshadowing of what we're going to see in the next season. I feel like the Mando is going to be able to track down all of the Jedi whispers or things throughout the galaxy that have to do with the Jedi regarding Baby Yoda's lineage. And I'd even go as far as saying, maybe we'll see Luke once again. I think that next season is going to be extremely exciting, and I can't wait to see it. Maybe we'll go back to Coruscant and visit the old Jedi Temple, which was then turned into Palpatine's headquarters once the Empire rose to power. Lots of cool stuff can be seen in that next one. Hope you guys enjoyed the season finale and this breakdown video. Let me know what you think it'll pick up from here with season two, which I'm really hoping comes out fall 2020. Overall, it was such an awesome show. I'm going to miss it, but there's lots of stuff to cover in the meantime. So expect a ton of Mandalorian videos. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. Until the next episode, remember, the Force will be with you always.